0: Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Friday, the 26th of June, 2020, and we're back with episode 157. So before getting started, just a friendly reminder, please, if you enjoy this podcast, continue to leave me five stars on Apple Podcasts, and preferably, if you have a moment, a written review. These really do matter a lot to helping get the podcast exposure that it needs to continue to grow. So thank you all of you who have already dropped five stars and a review. It's very much appreciated indeed. Uh, Let's see, let's dive in and get started because obviously I have been missing a few episodes lately. Really sorry about that. Things have just been beyond swamped, uh, both professionally, but also personally too, but in a really good way. Like maybe I've been wasting a little too much time with our new Tesla Model Y, which, yeah, I really can't wait to to do a proper review of this thing, and I really do want to make a video review of it actually um so hopefully I can find some time to do that maybe this weekend. who knows we shall see, but suffice to say it is without a doubt the uh it really is the greatest thing of any classification of thing that I've ever owned. Never mind being by far and away the greatest vehicle with four wheels that I've ever experienced it's 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 not like oh we got a newer better car to something we've had previously it's like it's i imagine it's what it's like if you were able to close your eyes go to sleep be put into some sort of carbon freeze or whatever and wake up say i don't know 20 30 years from now maybe even further in the future it's that it is that much of a step change it is that incredible, that radical, that completely different of an experience to anything else you've ever experienced with a car. It's, it really is that different uh, in every respect. Performance, comfort, quiet, convenience, practicality, uh, everything, all of it. Anyway, more on that later, because today, what have we got? Uh, a lot, actually. Amazon acquired Zooks. Starting in 2024, Mercedes is going to partner up with NVIDIA to deliver its new generation of semi-autonomous cars, and Volvo is buddied up with Waymo. All this, right now. if you remember, a couple, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, we briefly discussed that, you know, Zooks was apparently up for sale, and this was obviously a pretty big surprise. It kind of came out of nowhere, uh, unless maybe I missed something, uh, which is certainly possible. Um, and and I don't know if I put this in an episode, although I'm pretty sure that I did. I had suggested that perhaps Volkswagen was going to try to acquire uh, Zooks, and it kind of made sense to me at the time. In retrospect, I realize I was a bit silly. Not because I not because I'm gonna concede that the idea of Volkswagen acquiring Zooks is a particularly ridiculous concept, but rather because there was a much easier, a much more obvious pairing, uh namely Amazon. Because of course. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't see this coming. I mean, it really is such an obvious fit. Uh, because of course Amazon would acquire them. So so what are the details? Well, uh, so as you might know, Suzuki, they've been around since 2014. And one of the interesting things about Zooks is that unlike say Waymo or I don't know Argo AI or uh, you know a- any of the any of the AV companies out there today, they've kind of stayed pretty much under the radar. They haven't really made a big fuss. Uh, haven't really gotten the limelight and their claim to fame really has just been, they've got some really incredible uh, hardware software stack running on their test vehicles. Their plan was to build their own vehicle in house. Well, that ended up not really happening. And uh, so anyway, so Amazon acquired them for uh, what is it? $1.2 billion uh, according to a financial times report uh, on the matter. So, you know, when I when I say that it's so obvious that of course Amazon should have acquired Zooks. Um
1: yeah, it is obvious
0: and it makes perfectly good sense. We've known for quite some time that Amazon has obviously been trying to get into like drone delivery and actually forget drones, they've even been, been trying to really take over and dominate with their own good old fashioned ground trucking delivery. There have been suggestions that, you know, they can eventually completely rival and indeed put completely out of business the likes of UPS or FedEx and Heck, even the US Postal Service perhaps one day. But um but so so it kind of made sense then that if they were going to continue this forward momentum with all things delivery, then of course that must be the case. They're gonna that they're gonna wanna get into uh to autonomous vehicles as well. And frankly, even if they didn't have that plan, it's something they would surely need to do because what self-respecting large company with tons of money to burn wouldn't get involved with AVs these days. And the neat thing is about delivery, it is obviously the best first avenue into the AV space. We've obviously seen and talked quite a bit, especially in light of COVID, the ways in which, well, we've seen kind of a bifurcation with AV companies generally, right? So many of them have kind of scaled back. Uh, But on the flip side, many of them have kind of really ramped up their efforts, right? So in the absence of uh, vehicles on the road compared to pre-COVID times and um, you know it 's become much more readily available to start testing vehicles on roads yeah i guess I guess the data being accumulated is less good, but it 's decidedly non zero you 're better off getting some testing out there, some testing data rather than nothing at all right so but in any event um it, you know for Amazon to get involved uh with an a v company now and indeed to effectively bring all of that technology in house, yeah, that makes perfectly good sense because now they can get started with all their kind of ambitions and their their mission of really streamlining and taking delivery to the next to the next level. Right. So so by so so if they're able to effectively incorporate all of Zook's technology and blend this into the delivery network they're developing, yeah, this this is kind of a no-brainer. I mean funny enough, I was actually just in uh uh Mountain View the other day down in Silicon Valley and oh I should have huh, I should post the video that I took. I was gonna post it and I forgot. Um if I remember you can catch it on my twitter um but yeah there was a video this little autonomous delivery droid kind of scooting along the sidewalks in Mountain View there on the main street uh, what is it called uh, castro boulevard i guess uh, castro street i guess um and you know kind of scooting along down the sidewalk at more or less walking pace and obviously being very very cautious and it was pretty clearly a food delivery droid and uh Anyway, the idea that Amazon could eventually use um, Zook's technology to empower its own delivery trucks. Uh, you know, this is this is a really, um, it's a very unsurprising thing. That's my point. Um, I suspect the way we're going to see it kind of rolled out though, is decidedly more conservatively, right? So I think what's going to happen is yeah, I think what's going to happen is, and I'm just thinking out loud here is, so so Amazon for the foreseeable future is going to still maintain their usual, you know, trucks and vans to kind of get things from the warehouses to the neighborhoods. But I do think that the optimal initial use case would be having a driver drive a van or, or whatever to a particular neighborhood, say a, the central point of a zip code, for instance. And then... These there would be sort of like a swarm of delivery bots, I guess, that would then kind of drive out of the van and kind of deliver the last mile of service, so to speak. Right. So it doesn't necessarily make, make any sense, nor is it really practically, technologically, or indeed legally feasible to have these things, you know, from straight away just out the gate going from the warehouse to people's homes. So well, that doesn't make sense, but. If you had a delivery van, which contained all the packages to be delivered, and in the van you had a bunch of these little delivery bots into which the packages can be placed such that the driver needs to only get sort of to essential central area, and then these delivery bots exit the van and they do their deliveries, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. That would be pretty cool. And yeah, I would be pretty shocked if that isn't what we saw relatively soon uh, in the next couple of years, actually. So at the very most in the next couple of years. I'd say within the next year or two, probably we'll start to see this tested on in certain neighborhoods pretty quickly, actually. Um, but anyway, that's all there is on that. I'll certainly be sure to circle back as I learn more about everything going on with Amazon and their newly acquired Zooks. All right, so let's talk a bit about Mercedes. Um so this is pretty interesting. Uh they had, and I'm sure we've discussed this in the past. It was previously announced that Mercedes and BMW were going to work together developing uh, autonomous technology for their passenger cars and um and well, simply put, that's been effectively put on hold, I think indefinitely because instead, uh Mercedes are now partnered up with Nvidia to deliver vehicles with some level of automated driving technology sometime in 2024. It's worth mentioning since I already, well, just mentioned them anyway a moment ago. BMW, if you remember, BMW had partnered up with Israel based uh, solid state LiDAR manufacturer InnoViz, and the plan was to roll out the first passenger BMW 3 Series sometime in 2021 uh, with. uh, InnoVis solid-state LIDAR. This would be the first consumer vehicle with LIDAR. Um, I haven't heard anything about that, so don't know what's going on there, nor do I know yet the impact of this um, kind of rescinded partnership, this rescinded agreement between Mercedes and BMW. But in any event, uh, by distancing itself to BMW and now working with with NVIDIA, um, well, things get pretty interesting, right? So NVIDIA have really taken quite a, step ahead, a real leap, really, insofar as developing their autonomous vehicle uh, supercomputer, really. And so for Mercedes to work with NVIDIA, I think is a pretty neat thing. So NVIDIA's platform is called Drive, appropriately enough. And um, I think by working closely with NVIDIA, this really kind of, it's kind of what we've come to expect now, isn't it? So I know that many times in the past, we've talked about this, where and, and and I should preface this by saying, I, I don't like when people say, "Oh, everybody was wrong." You know, everybody was wrong about the AV uh, timeline. People said, "Oh, we'd have level four and level five cars by 2025 or, or whatever." I think saying that people were wrong, okay, it's technically true, but I, I think unfortunately, in colloquial English, it has it, it bears with it a negative connotation, and it sort of almost implicitly assigns blame. It's it's not a matter as simple as saying, "Oh, people were wrong," but rather this stuff is just so complex that we, we didn't even know what we didn't know. And I think that's actually why the timelines were so completely out of whack with reality. Right. And so, so I think, so, so I just think it's, it kind of misses the point to say, Oh, people were wrong and leave it at that. It was more along the lines of, they just, you know, this was not the sort of challenge that people realized what they were getting themselves into. And, And and now we are though, and because we realize those challenges, we're seeing much more of this sort of consolidation. We're seeing a lot more of this sort of partnership arising, right? We've we've talked about this a lot, right? So whether you're talking about um, Hyundai and Aptiv, or as we're about to discuss in a moment, Volvo and Waymo, um, you know uh, GM and and Cruise and Honda and Cruise. I mean, there's just so much of this going on, and uh, it makes perfectly good sense. The automotive companies are realizing they just can't really do this stuff. Or even if they could, why should they? They should really focus their efforts on what they're best at, their core product, right? Their core is building great cars or less great in some cases. Like, sorry, I know it's not really on point, but I just have to mention what in blazes was Ford thinking? And I like Ford just fine. I'm a, I am ai used to have a Mustang in college. I'm a huge fan of Ford, but what were they thinking when they said that, you know, they so proudly tweeted part of their announcement with their new f-150 pickup truck which to give it credit sounds like it's got some pretty cool elements and i'm not even a truck guy um but by announcing that ford plans to be carbon neutral by 2050 like that's some sort of a thing to celebrate i just don't get it sorry i don't know how i even got on that point i i guess what i'm trying to say is is it's important for companies to focus on their core products um you know, building great cars. Oh yeah, that's how I said it. And not, or maybe not such great cars as it were, like, because again, yeah, what is Ford doing? Um, But to really focus both on EVs and on AVs. And in order to focus on AVs, because as we've said forever, any company not focusing on both electric and autonomous vehicles will be dead or dying within 10 years. And this is a fact. You can hold me to it. You, you'll you see 10 years from now in 2030, if not even sooner. Yeah, either every automobile manufacturer is working on, in earnest, uh, electric and autonomous vehicles, or they are on their way to dying. Um, And yeah, so so what companies have realized is they can't do this on their own. So of course, they should partner up with with smaller, more agile tech companies, which do precisely that. And on the flip side, and actually, this kind of loops back neatly to the whole discussion we just had about Zooks and Amazon, well, about Zooks specifically, smaller tech companies are realizing, hey, it's kind of hard to build a car. I mean, they don't have, I mean, well, as Elon said, building a car company is probably the hardest sort of company you can build full stop. And and, and so this is why the smaller tech companies are saying, hey, we're not going to, you know, we can't build a car. Here's our tech, whether it's software, hardware, or both for autonomous, you know, autonomous driving capability. Let us partner up with, let us work with, some of the big car companies and that makes perfectly good sense right um and so yeah so going back to zooks for a moment uh i think that was zooks's zooks's do you say zooks's what do you say zooks yeah anyway that was the mistake that zooks made um i think uh admittedly without knowing that much about them really and i don't i'm sorry uh but just intuitively i suspect that one of the big problems they had was indeed that they were trying to do too much. They shouldn't have been trying to develop both the car and the tech. Again, what little I have heard suggests that they had one of the greatest uh, autonomous driving stacks in the world. Um, I think I just read a tweet this morning from uh, Alex Roy, which, by the way, Alex, what's up? Um, Yeah, I think it was Alex who said that um, they... He, I think he had said something like "Like one of the most astonishing test drives he had ever had was in one of Zook's test vehicles. So, um, yeah, I think we'll just close it there by saying I, I do think that was Zook's mistake, um, but it also explains furthermore why we're seeing more of these partnerships and indeed why I think the Mercedes NVIDIA partnership just makes such perfectly good sense. Uh, as an aside, for those of you familiar with Mercedes cars, um, you know, it, it is sort of Ridiculous to see the extent—I say extent—the limited extent, the limited nature of their uh, ADAS systems. I mean, they're—they're—they're they're, they're not awful. I mean, my wife and I had a GLC for the last three years. It was a 2017 model. Its ADAS capabilities were perfectly fine. They were obviously nothing—nothing nothing at all—compared to what our new Tesla Model Y can do. But they were fine. But that was three years ago. Now it's 2020, and Mercedes cars, yeah, their their ADAS systems are. Yeah, nothing special. That's the point. And this is Mercedes we're talking about, right? So if even they can't get it right, then of course this partnership makes sense. So yeah, super excited to see what happens. Um, Can't wait to learn more about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, well, to close things out uh, for today, let's chat briefly. I just sort of alluded to it a moment ago. Volvo and Waymo talking about partnerships. Uh, Yeah, this is pretty huge. But before getting into the meat of it, Let's back up for a second, because lots of sort of context to give around all this. I want to say back in 2015-ish, more or less, um, was when Volvo first announced their so-called Vision 2020 mission statement, which was something along the lines of, and gosh, I just realized here we are in 2020 already. Wow. Um, They had announced something along the lines of, no occupant of a volvo would ever be killed or seriously injured in a volvo vehicle boom right i mean that's a pretty huge thing and furthermore as if that wasn't huge enough volvo went on to say that henceforth volvo would accept full liability full responsibility for any um for any anything that goes wrong in any of their semi autonomous and certainly any of their fully autonomous cars. I mean, this is huge, right? So where are we now? Well, Volvo was unf- unfortunately kind of, kind of, kind of caught in the crosshairs a few years ago when <clears throat> the Uber test vehicle, which yeah, was a Volvo XC90, which by the way, brilliant, amazing car, gorgeous car, except when it wasn't. I know because we had one, and it was bought back a month later for bricking itself, which is how my wife and I ended up with our GLC, but that's another story for another time. The XC90, which Uber was using, it had struck and killed a pedestrian. Uh, Elaine Hertzberg, I believe, was her name. The issue being, as you probably recall, and actually this was one of the very first episodes on this podcast, so if you're really curious, you can go back in time and have a listen. Um, But yeah, she was crossing the street. The Let's see, the 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 the, the, the Volvo's built in automatic braking systems, as I recall, had been switched off. The backup driver wasn't paying attention. The 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 A V system that Uber was testing had mistakenly interpreted the pedestrian and her bike for I think maybe a like a like a sheet of plastic blowing in the wind across the road. And so so failed to stop and of course tragically hit her and killed her. So that was the, you know, most of the blame, of course, all the blame was on Uber, of course. But yeah, Volvo, I think, probably got a bit of flack for that as well. But suffice to say, uh, Volvo is continuing to push strong. They've recently announced that all cars henceforth will be electronically speed limited to only 112 miles an hour. And the, the idea being that, that it's true that even an accident of those speeds will kill you, but it'll, they're going to kill you a lot less badly than speeds higher than that. And now they're kind of going full circle and they're saying, look, not only are we standing by this, this this Vision 2020 mission statement, not only are we accepting full liability for things that go wrong in our cars, not only are we going to speed limit our cars electronically, but on top of that, oh yeah, by the way, we are now partnering up here to announce today that Waymo is now the exclusive global L4 partner for Volvo Car Group. So this is pretty huge, right? Because L4 is obviously the reference to the well, the SAE level of autonomy, level four, which is basically the car can drive itself all the time in all conditions, except when it can't. Or this is what I, of course, call the virtual train, if you will, right? The idea that trains can't can't go everywhere all the time in all conditions, or maybe a better example is uh um yeah, electric streetcars or 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 whatever, right? These are limited to certain roads and indeed certain conditions. And that's really what level four cars are. They're gonna drive on certain roads, certain lanes, maybe certain weather conditions, but not all, maybe certain times a day. Um, And so, yeah, so that's kind of the idea here, right? so, So Waymo are going to effectively partner with Volvo to provide the technology needed to bring Volvo's vehicles up to level four AV spec. So this is pretty great, right? And it's sort of what I think we've all suspected, and I'm sure I've talked about this in the past, I don't know, but like, given the extent to which Waymo hasn't really done any sort of direct-to-consumer kind of business model with its vehicles, it seems a foregone conclusion that obviously their, their business plan is to effectively license out this tech, partnering up with other companies uh, to provide the necessary tech for them. And of course, that's what we're seeing here, here with Volvo. As an aside, that's also what I suspect that Apple's up to, right? So there's been well, effectively zero news about the long-rumored Apple Car. Um, but I still maintain what I've said before, that that Apple are almost certainly going to be using Apple CarPlay as kind of the Trojan horse of sorts. And again, I mean that obviously in the uh, historical sense, not the viral sense, but they're going to sort of use the, uh, use Apple CarPlay as a way to kind of build this entire AV platform right? And I think that's going to also be licensed out to other companies. Now, again, that's a very un thing to do, with the exception of a brief stint in the 1990s, I guess, with Apple's uh, <clears throat> PowerPC era. Apple had never really been into licensing at all. So that would be an altogether different thing. But we're not here to talk about Apple today because it's all just sort of empty, random conjecture and guessing and that sort of stuff. Uh, in any event, i um, very excited to see what happens now with Volvo. And uh, to kind of Wrap things up then. The end game is is what? Well, Volvo plans to sell to customers directly a partially automated vehicle equipped with LiDAR by 2022. Um, and it's worth mentioning, though, that that particular tech will be provided by Luminar Technologies. But then, yeah, Waymo is presumably going to handle all the, the back-end AV driving kit. Because remember, LiDAR, <clears throat> LiDAR without the, the back-end Uh, the hardware and the software to process the data is just a glorified thing that shoots laser all over the place, right? You've got to actually process that data properly. So again, Luminar is providing the LiDAR tech, and then Waymo is providing the capabilities to actually make sense of that LiDAR and effectively drive the car with level four capabilities. So that should be here in 2022, or about one year after the aforementioned BMW Innoviz BMW 3, which, well, I'll see it when I believe it, since I haven't heard any news about it lately. Um, But yeah, there you have it. That is a wrap for today, and indeed this week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.